0: Okay. Perfect. Hey, welcome to another episode of Liberty's Lantern. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about uh, free speech, the Constitution, and a whole bunch of other stuff, uh, especially in light of everything that's going on at Berkeley, um, the whole Milo thing. Uh, and just a lot of questions about what exactly is free speech, what does it entail, and a whole bunch of other things. So we're going to be taking a little bit of a libertarian slant on it, Uh, we're going to be talking about it, uh, and just kind of hashing over some ideas, and just bringing a lot of things to light that you may have not thought about before. So hey, let's get that started. And we're back. Welcome to Liberty's Lantern. I'm actually going to share uh, my screen here for just a second uh, so we can go over exactly what the First Amendment says. So the First Amendment, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. The First Amendment is really packed with a lot of rights and abilities for the American people. First of all, it says freedom of religion. It uh, makes sure that you have free speech and make sure that you have freedom of the press, freedom to assemble peaceably, And also uh, the ability to petition the government, uh, which is also uh, one of those forgotten aspects uh, or very seldom talked about, but extremely important inside the First Amendment. So now we know what the legal talk is. Uh, Yes, uh, by the way, the shirt, I love it. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so the First Amendment, what exactly is freedom of speech? Well, freedom of speech actually includes a lot of different things, and there's a lot of people that say that there are instances where hate speech is not included. Well, first of all, I don't condone hate speech in any way, shape, or form. However, there is no legal precedent to bar or ban hate speech. The only speech uh, forms of speech that have been banned by court order are anything that includes child pornography, anything that includes uh, a direct call for violence, uh and there's something i'm missing and i just want to go uh look over that really really quick um oh my goodness where did it go so we had uh prohibiting speech for child pornography we had the Uh, prohibition of calling people directly to incite violence against another individual or the government itself. Uh, And actually that's about it. All right. So those are the only uh, two, three times that you can actually consider free speech banned. Hate speech is, has never been addressed by uh, the Supreme court and has never been determined to be barred. Now, let's get into something else here. What exactly is hate speech? And hate speech, according to dictionary.com, is any speech that attacks, threatens, or insults a person or group on the basis of national origin, ethnicity, color, religion, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, or disability. Okay, it does not attack your ideas. It does not attack Fact. So these old facts that are flying around and we all hate are, uh, are not considered hate speech, uh, because someone does it, uh, disagrees with you or your movement that is not considered hate speech necessarily, uh, and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's actually pretty limited, and that is the American definition. Uh, actually, if you go into some of the foreign definitions, like the British definition, it's even more narrow than that. Uh, we in the United States keep it pretty broad, and actually I kind of like that. Uh, hate speech is hate speech. I don't care, you know what what you're uh, what you're hating on, but it's got to be specific and has to be targeted directly at an individual or a group of individuals. So, uh, if I was to say, and this is only an example, this does not include my personal belief, but if I said that all gay men should be imprisoned, that's hate speech, okay? Uh, Because I am uh, indicating a specific gender and sexual orientation, and I am uh, threatening them with a jail sentence. So therefore, that would be hate speech, okay? Anytime that someone says that a group or an individual is actually threatened with a punitive action, that is hate speech. Okay, so now we've gotten that out of the way. So uh, looking at everything online, now I, I'm going to go and preface this right now. I do not like Milo Yakapunis or however you, and I'm sorry that I'm slaughtering his last name. I really am. And I understand that. Uh, I don't. Like most of what he says, there are some things that he says that are pretty accurate, but we still disagree on probably about, I'd say, 80% of everything that he says. And he's an antagonist, which I'm not a big fan of. But hey, even a broken clock can be right twice a day. Uh, So I was looking at all the examples, and I was doing a search, and I was searching for a good hour on everything that I could find on uh, on Milo uh, that is actually hate speech, that he is truly guilty of hate speech, and I found quite a few. However, they are all centered around one actress. Her name is Leslie Jones, and he attacked her for weeks he attacked her on her gender. He attacked her on her gender identity. He attacked her on her the color of her skin. He attacked her on almost every single aspect of hate speech, and he did I- identify and direct it towards an individual. As far as groups are concerned, he disagrees with the methodology. But not the rationality. So technically, that would not be hate speech. uh, Or at least the definition that currently stands with hate speech. One of his most famous things is that he does not believe in Black Lives Matter. He does not believe in the problem of that. He believes in the problem that Black Lives Matter is trying to solve, however, he does not believe that Black Lives Matter is the problem, so technically that is not hate speech. Just because he disagrees with you does not make it hate speech. Uh, And the list goes on and on, those are just some quick examples, but literally the only times that I could find actual hate speech attached to Milo was in regards to this Leslie Jones actress. Everything else... Highly questionable, but not fitting the actual definition of hate speech. So even though I still don't like him, I'm still not a supporter of him. He's not guilty of hate speech, except for those periods of weeks where he was literally hate attacking this one actress. So... Another very popular argument that I'm seeing online is that the freedom of speech uh, is only protecting us from our government. Well, that's what a law is. It's only what a government can actually protect. Now, we do live in a civilized society where we are to interpret the laws that we must live by and apply them to our fellow citizen. Congratulations, welcome to societal government. It's kind of what you should do. So technically, you should be fighting for the rights of free speech for everybody. Regardless if you agree or disagree or whatever, you should be fighting for those rights for your enemy just as hard as you fight for those rights of your ally. There's an old saying that the uh, there was a Christian man and it was during uh, World War II and the Nazis were rolling in and he did nothing when the Jewish population was steamrolled and he did nothing when this person was steamrolled and then all of a sudden all of these other groups went away. They were all in prison. They were all barred and barricaded but there was nobody left to fight for him. And if he would have stood up and he would have protected the rights of his fellow individuals, well, maybe the Nazis would have been thwarted. Then there's the other aspect that people are saying, well, if the Nazis weren't given free speech, well, the Nazis could say whatever they wanted to say. It's when they crossed over into action that they actually started violating the rights of others. <clears throat> I mean, there's a comedian out there that's currently saying that when did sticks and stones become irrevel, er, irrelevant? Well, it's very true. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. They can hurt your emotions, and I get that, and I understand that, and all I, I, I sympathize with you. So please don't send me a whole bunch of emails saying, well, my emotions and my, my mental status and stuff like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm actually talking about physical, actual pain. You, you have to protect the rights of everyone, even if you don't necessarily agree with them, or you don't think that they'll lie with you, because if you stand with them, they will eventually, if the time comes that it's necessary, they will stand with you. So, yes, in a, in, a, in a society that has these rights guaranteed to us by our government, we have to not only stand up for the rights when the government tries to take them away, of our enemy to ensure that our own rights never get impinged upon. Very, very important here. You have to understand and realize that. Uh, so, where do we go from here? What do we. Now we've talked about protecting free speech and how we have to do it as a community. We talked about the fact that we are needing to ensure that free speech is protected for our excuse me, our enemies just as much as ourselves. Well, what about the other argument that does Berkeley have a right to disallow Milo from even talking at the university? Well, yes, actually. They do reserve that, right? It is within their campus charter. Uh, and there's actually about nine steps, or between six and nine steps. I don't have it pulled up with, in front of me right now, and I do apologize. I should have. But those steps include that you first have to invite the speaker, and they have to accept. Obviously, they invited Milo. Milo accepted. Next, they have to make sure that there is uh, – a hotel or accommodation, and their meals have to be paid for. Obviously, they pass that hurdle. Third step is that you have to inform the university that you have invited this individual. Fourth step, they have to verify that you've done the first three steps. Fifth step is that they have to put it up in front of their faculty board that is making sure that... He actually conforms to the requirements of uh, that um, uh, UC Ber- Berkeley has set out. And one of the um, very important things that is inside the statement when you become an undergrad or a student at UC Berkeley is that you accept all panels and uh and committees that are set up by the university. That is part of your student packet. So if you want to change that, you're going to have to change the entire aspect of how speakers are brought forward. But you don't actually have a say in this. You have a a panel has been set up that that does all of this. So students have already accepted that aspect. Of attending Berkeley, it is one of those things that is pre-set up. It is not, uh, it's not laid out in black and white, but it's implied. It's implied through the systems that are set up in the university. Now, I'm sure if people protested or whatever, you know, they, uh, beforehand, they very well could have gotten things changed but they didn't start protesting in time or whatever happened. Then after after the committee approves the speaker, then they have to set an attendance minimum. The attendance minimum for a speaker at Berkeley is no less than 40 and no more than 75% of the capacity of the room being requested. Obviously, Milo uh, also achieved that, so therefore... After passing all of those hurdles, he then became a legitimate speaker at UC Berkeley. UC Berkeley also encourages protest uh, of all of these uh, speakers and all of that stuff. And you can apply for your own permits and do all of that stuff with you at UC Berkeley, which was not done, but that's neither here nor there. They didn't you know, chase people off or whatever. They respected the students' rights to do so and things got violent. Now let's go back to the First Amendment. So we're gonna rewind all the way back to the, the beginning of the entire conversation. In the beginning of the conversation, we said that it uh, protects your right to free speech and it protects your right to peaceably assemble. Well, a protest, and I encourage people to protest whenever they see injustice or they disagree with something because then you're getting your message out. But the second you cross that line and you are no longer peaceable, well, then you've crossed the line of decency. And civil civil disobedience must remain civil at all times. Once you cross that line and you are no longer civil, you no longer have a right to protest. And that is set up in our Constitution. It is written that way for a very express purpose and a very express reason. It is granting you that right, but you have a line in the sand that you cannot cross. Just like we've gone back and defined certain types of speech that is no longer protected. So once they crossed that line and they were no longer peaceably assembling and they were actually causing property damage well, then they've crossed the line and they are no longer able or allowed to do what they were doing because now they are in violation of the First Amendment. So, while I don't agree with Milo, I don't like what he says most of the time, and I think that he's an antagonist, his rights because he went through the process and all of that stuff, were technically impinged. Now, if Berkeley would have said from the very beginning, no, we don't want you speaking at our university for whatever reason, and they could have created whatever reason, really, the entire issue would have been a moot point. Nobody, Milo has been around long enough that most individuals and with a quick search on the internet you can find out exactly who he is and what he believes. This is no surprise, this is no shocker, this is not coming out of left field. So either if they were so afraid or they did not want his type of speech at their campus, which is fine, and I respect that, but they obviously didn't do their homework and he passed their panel. Once that permission is granted, he is now and he's on public property because it is the University of California, it is a public campus. Yeah, it's it's a freedom of speech at that point. It's a freedom of speech issue. And I will I will fight to defend even my enemies public speech. Uh, freedom of speech. Now, also, I've said this on Facebook over the last week, and we've gone over some of these points, and I've talked with friends and, and acquaintances about this, and the first thing, or not the first, but some individuals said, would you defend the right of ISIS to speak? Yeah, I would. Now, once ISIS crosses the line from merely speech to action, then they've got to be shut down. Then they are breaking the law. Then they are in violation of free speech. But if they wanted to go and stand around with a bullhorn and you know yell their condemnations against Christianity and the West and everything else, they have the right to do so. You know they can tell they can uh, the freedom of speech covers the fact if they want to say that women's place is in, in the kitchen barefoot and pregnant. If they want to say that, they're protected to say that. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. But I will fight for their right to say it. And on the other side, if the KKK wants to march down the street in their white hoods, They're allowed to do so. If they get violent, then it needs to be shut down. There is an old Confucius saying that I would rather remain silent and everyone think me a fool than me opening my mouth and proving it. And that's exactly what these people who are preaching this hate speech or, you know, or condemnations or whatever, that's what they're doing. They're opening their mouths and proving that they are fools. However, when you go behind them and get violent to try to prove your point, you are doing nothing but making them look like the good people and you the bad person. You are making yourself a modern version, or you're making your opposition a modern martyr. You may not be actually killing them, but you are drawing positive attention to them. Congratulations. You've just lost. And that's all I have to say about that again if you think i'm an idiot i want you to message me if you think i've uh or you know leave a comment in in the video if you think that i've done uh, a good job and you think that i brought some light to the conversation tell me that too uh we'll be talking again next week we'll see uh what the what the topic's going to be uh but uh it's a long long way to Tipperary on uh till next sunday so uh We'll, uh, we'll see you then. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and you have a great one. <laughs>